Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, tonight, we're going to be looking at the fruit of kindness, which the King James calls gentleness. And we're also going to be looking at another fruit that is called goodness. Now, the reason that I put these together, you will see it's like hand in glove. You know, it just goes together. It flows together. And so we're going to be talking about that. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Galatians 5. And we're going to look at a very familiar scripture that we've been looking at through the whole series that we've been doing on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at Galatians 5, 22. Now, the previous verses have been talking about walking in the flesh. And now God's going to start talking to us about walking in the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, Vine's explanation of gentleness is a kindly disposition toward others, usefulness, and even tempered. A kind disposition toward others. And that's why, you know, many translations, instead of calling it gentleness, gentleness is a good word, but kindness, I think, you know, we can relate uh, to that a little bit better. A kindly disposition toward others. Now, when I say that, do, does anybody come to your mind, someone that you know that has this fruit of kindness operating in their life and it's something, you know, that, that you see that has been developed and matured in their life? You know, maybe all of us can think about people like that. And then, um, you know, we can look at our own lives and if you're like me, when I began to look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I began to see a lot of shortcomings in my own life. And I just want to be honest with you about that. It's not that I'm not developing in them. It's not that I'm not trying to allow the Holy Spirit to move through my life. But I see many times uh, as I look back in my life when I could have uh, been um, used by the Lord to manifest that fruit of kindness and goodness to help people. And maybe I failed to do that. But I think as we look at some things tonight, that it will become uh, clear to you just how we are to function in kindness. Now, also, I think a lot of times, if you want to understand what a word means, understanding the opposite of that, is, uh, is a very good thing to look at, okay? What if we say, uh, what is the opposite of kind or gentle? Rudeness, mean, hateful, bitterness, hard, harsh, all those kinds of things that can tell us what the opposite of kindness is. And, you know, when we say those words, maybe another face comes before us, you know, when, just like the one kind, we see someone who is hard, harsh, rude, mean, unkind, you know. So, see, God wants us to operate and function in life 
in his nature and his character. And see, God tells us what his character and his nature is. It's to be gentle and it's to be kind, not harsh and not hard. Now, there's something, we're going to look at a scripture tonight when we get on over in this. I'm not going to do it right now. But this scripture will show you a real balance in how God is, how Jesus and the Holy Spirit, how they really are. Because, you know, sometimes uh, we think, well, we've got to make our stand. You know, we've got to let people know who we are and what we think. Is that true? Yes. God doesn't want you to compromise his word. But there's something that we as the body of Christ have to learn, and it is this. You do not hate the sinner, and you are not unkind and hard and harsh to the sinner. You hate the sin, and you love the sinner. Now again, that doesn't mean that you, you put up with things that are ungodly and wicked and perverse. You don't get involved in that if they do. But you know, it's God's kindness that will win people over. And if that fruit and nature and character of God is in us, it will win people over. And we're also going to look into that tonight. And we're going to see how that works if we, you know, if we have enough time to get to those places. Amen? All right, so we looked at kindness or gentleness and see what it is, a kindly disposition toward others, use, usefulness, and being even-tempered. And then we look at goodness, the other fruit, uh, and it's defined as a kindly activity on their behalf. And so we can see here uh, that uh, these two do go together because you're kind in your disposition and your treatment to someone with your words, and then your actions are kind, and that is goodness. See, kindness through your actions or what you do is goodness. It's the goodness of God. It's the nature of God to be good. How many times do you hear God is a good God? See, that's what we need to be telling people, and we're telling them the nature and character of God, and then we, through our acts, need to be demonstrating that goodness to the world. Amen? It's the goodness of God that wins people over. And, you know, I, I know, and we've all been around it, you know, preaching that's hellfire and brimstone. Well, I believe really getting into preaching. I can do that sometimes. But I'm going to tell you, hellfire and brimstone is not what's going to win people over. Yes, telling them the truth about heaven and hell. Yes, not compromising at all. But I'm going to tell you, telling them that God is a good God and he loves them and he sent his only begotten son uh, into the world to die on that cross and be raised from the dead that they might become a son of the living God and have a home in heaven and have him to help them right now in their life and all the challenges that they may be facing. God is a good God. Everybody say that. God is a good God. See, we need to remind ourselves of that. Sometimes, you know, when we're going through difficulty and going through, uh, you know, just hard circumstances in our life, we have a tendency to want to look at God and think God is doing it to us. No, 
There's an enemy, there's a devil, and there's our flesh that we act and bring things in on ourselves. You know, we just have to, you know, we just have to see that. But even in the middle of that, when we do things to open the door to the devil and do things, you know, to bring circumstances that are less than desirable in on ourselves, God still is right there to be a good God and kind to us. And so how much more should we uh, uh, delve out that kindness and goodness to other people? Because God has given it to us. You know, we don't want to be like that man in the Bible, you know, that owed and was forgiven his debt. You remember that? And then when someone owed him, it was just nothing, just uh, hardly anything that the person owed him. And they were, you know, going to be willing to send him off to prison. And see, we have been forgiven much. We need to forgive others much too. We're talking about here the character and nature of God. And we're talking about his kindness and his goodness. And if he lives in you, you and I are going to be uh, demonstrating the kindness and goodness of God. Amen? So you can see here then being... uh, Kind to others is how, you know, how you uh, treat them with your words and what you say to them. And goodness is what you do, the acts toward other people. Now, when we think about kindness, I want us to think about kindness towards sinners, okay? Let's think about that for a minute. When you see Jesus and how he treated sinners, what did he do? Uh, well, we see in one situation there was the woman at the well. You remember the woman at the well, a Samaritan, an outcast who was not received of the Jews. Well, that's one thing. But she had been married many times and was living with a man that she was not married to. Well, I'm going to tell you, we live in a society, and that's happening all the time. And, you know, I just want to go up to people when I find out that that's going on and shake them real good. But God says... Follow his example. And Jesus spoke to that woman and spoke the way to her. Now, he didn't say, well, you're okay, just keep living like that. He spoke the way to get out of that mess to her. And she believed in him and went out and told everybody about the goodness and the kindness of this man, Jesus Christ, that she had met. And so you see... In the middle of that, we get an example of God's kindness and his goodness. How about the woman who was caught in adultery? What what did he say to her? You know, they were ready to kill her. And his words of kindness spoken at that time turned that whole crowd. We do not know what Jesus said, but it must have been something that really those guys that had the rocks in their hands to throw with that woman... You know, at that particular point in time, and they all laid down their rocks and left. And then he looked at her and he said, go. Did he just say go and keep living like you're living? He said, go, stop your sinning, stop living the way that you are. You've received mercy, you've received kindness, you've received my goodness, now go. And he freed her to go. Well, see, so we we get an example there through Jesus and how he treated people. And, that you know, these people were sinners, but, but we see all through the scripture how Jesus treated people 
and he was kind and he was good to them. It wasn't, you know, hey, the king has arrived and y'all get ready for me. And you get those, you know, you get where I'm going to stay. You get that ready and you get my food ready. No, he didn't do that. He went into a town. He'd go into a place and that kindness and, and, and his compassion and his goodness. And he would begin to minister to people. He ministered to Jairus' daughter. And, and, you know, and he... Uh, ministered to that family and loved them and had compassion on them. And see, many times in the body of Christ, we do not demonstrate God's kindness and his goodness when people are going through difficult time. We're all wrapped up in something else and who knows what that is. But God says, if you want my character and you want my nature, I'm going to show you how to function in the earth. And it's to show kindness and do works of goodness and have compassion on people. And we as Christians cannot allow ourselves to get hard, harsh, and hard because that is not the way God is. Well, bless God, they brought it on themselves. They shouldn't have done that anyway. I knew that was going to happen. How many times does that come out of our mouth? But, you know, really, we ought to stop ourselves. And, and internally, you may know that. And it may be the truth. But it was just like Jesus said that day when that woman was taken in adultery. And he could have said, you're getting everything you deserve. I've told you not to live like that, and you are. But what did he do? Get up and go and stop sinning. You see, and so we, as God's people, ought to have the same kind of attitude, you know, when it comes to treating people right and being kind. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I am not talking to you. I'm talking in balance here tonight. Rightly divide the Word of God. I'm not talking to you about embracing sin and wrong things because I am a preacher of righteousness, and I believe that. And sin is sin in my book. You know, we live in a society and in a day where the church doesn't preach sin is sin. So I want you to hear me in that. You know, our society is mixed up, and we've got to point the way, and we've got to live the right way ourselves. You know, I saw this story, and, and it, I guess it was supposed to be inspirational, but I saw that, uh, the movie, and I was so disturbed when I came out of there because I knew the Holy Spirit was saying something to me. Now, in the movie... It was, um, you know, a family that supposedly was a Christian family. And, you know, they prayed over the food, and the man was a deacon in the church. But I'm telling you, everything that was portrayed in that story was ungodly and immoral. And it was mixing a little bit of the gospel and a little bit of the world. See, I'm not talking about, you know, embracing and, and thinking that's okay. But you remember I said you hate the sin, and, but you love the sinner. And it's the kindness of God that persuades people and the goodness of God that persuades people, not the harsh hardness. Now, I can tell you, I can, I can stand and I can be uncompromised on the Word of God and still be kind and loving to people. And if somebody asks me how I feel and what I think about something, I've got, you know, I'm going to speak it out. I'm not going to be timid about doing it, but I'm not going to try to hurt people with my words. I have before. 
I have, and, and it breaks my heart when I think back on it, ministering to people. And, and it's not because I meant to. It's like, bless God, you just <laughs> get it straight. You ever dealt with someone like that? And that's the way you feel. But you see, that's, that's when the flesh gets in there. Now, you can be stern in a way that's, you know, that's not unkind. I really believe that. You can, you know, you, you state it the way that it is. You state the word the way that it is. And where it falls, you can't help that. You know, that's up to the person, you know, to deal with that. But you don't skirt around and, and act like you don't know what the Bible says. Amen? I just got off on that little side thought there. Okay, then you think about Jesus. You remember Jesus when he was dealing with people and sinners and uh, he, with Nicodemus. You remember that? Nicodemus was a tax collector, and evidently those tax collectors in the, those days were very, um, you know, uh, unscrupulous. They did wrong things with the money. They didn't, you know, turn it in the way they were supposed to. It didn't go for what it needed to. In other words, they had a pocket, you know, that part of it went in and another pocket that their profit went in, you know. And so, but, but the Lord Jesus was so kind to Nicodemus and it won Nicodemus over. You remember that? It's a great story. If you, if, I'm not going to, you know, share a whole lot about it here tonight, but but it's a great story, and you can read it in, in the Gospels. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we can see how Jesus treated people, and it's very important for us to think about that. Now, we're talking about kindness and goodness. Let's talk a little bit of, uh, about just life in general. You know, uh, today um, that we live in, you know, a lot of people go out to eat, don't they? When they go out to eat, they have servers and people that prepare their food. Well, you know, there's a good opportunity to show the kindness and the goodness of God. You know, but I would, I would dare say, and I've heard this, I've heard this before, you know, um, uh, uh, servers and waitresses and waiters talk about how that if they know that it's a Christian uh, a group of Christians that as far as tips go, they might as well forget it. They're not going to get a good tip. They already know that. Well, see, we're talking about acts of kindness, and that's called tipping. That's an act of kindness. Well, you know, sometimes I don't have a good a waiter or waitress, and I give them an offering. I do, because they don't deserve possibly, you know, because they weren't very good. <laughs> but, you know, you don't know they could have been having a bad day. They may be new on the job. They don't know how to do what they're doing. You don't know what it is, you know. Uh, but I, I heard this story about a waitress, and she, you know, she was watching this table of people, and they all were laughing and just having a, a great time, you know, Christians that were there in that restaurant. And she came over, and she thought, well, they're just going to be really nice to me, you know, too. I, you know, it's, it's good to see somebody laughing, having a good time, you know. And they go over there, and, and one of the Christians, the first thing they do, snap at them. Well, they're kind to their little group, but anyone outside that group, they're not going to be kind and good to. We well, see, folks, everywhere we go and whatever we do, we are taking the character and nature of God with us, in us, and we're bringing a demonstration to the world of who Jesus is. 
supposedly. But that's not a good example of it, is it? See, maybe you go to the dry cleaner. Somebody doesn't do something exactly. You know, if, if some, I remember one time at the dry cleaners, um, I had a jacket. I love that jacket. Took it to the dry cleaners. They ruined it. And then they're trying to say, I did it. I ruined it. Okay, well, I knew I didn't. But you know what you can do? You can argue. You can bicker. You can go on. You can be unkind. You can be rude and harsh in that. And where is it going to get you in the end? Nowhere. Except a bad reputation. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that lady right there. Yeah, she, she's co-pastor over at Redemption Church. Yeah. Well, you think I'm kidding? They'll say the same about you if you do that. Well, I didn't do that, though. I did not do that. I did ask to speak to the manager and took it on and, you know, did what I could about that, and they did replace it. But I knew I didn't ruin it. Now, what if I had ruined the jacket and taken it to the dry cleaners and then trying to make it look like they did it? Now, see, Christians, could they do something like that? Why, yeah, if you're walking in the flesh. But if you're walking in the spirit, you wouldn't. You're going to tell the truth and do the right things. See, we're talking about right now, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty where we live every day. And on your job. You know, how, how do you treat people? You know, you may be like that little, you know, when you come to church, you've got that little table in the restaurant, and you're nice to everybody and kind and do good things for them. But when it comes to the people that you work with, it's a totally different, it's dog eat dog. That's what kind of world we live in. No, we live in a world where you're the salt and you're the light. And when you go to work, and when you go to the grocery store, and when you drive, and when you are in a restaurant, it doesn't matter where you are, then you treat the public right. See, I'm going to tell you something. If you do what we're talking about here tonight, people are going to stop and take notice. You know why? Because everybody is rude and crude and harsh and has no time for anybody. In our society, that's the kind of society that we live in as a whole. I'm not saying everyone. You know that there, you know, uh, there are people who are not that way. But I'm talking in a general sense. We know that overall that's the way it is. So we as Christians, if we will show the kindness of God in our disposition and what we say to people and then treat them and do good things for them, they're going to notice that there's something different about us, and it will be the presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in our life. Amen? And they're going to know who we are by that, because it's so uncommon today. Amen? So we need to show kindness toward sinners and toward people that are in the public. And we need to show kindness toward other Christians. Say other Christians. I want you to turn to the book of James. And we're going to look at chapter number 2. Verses 1 through 4. Are you learning anything tonight? My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. 
He said, don't use your faith to disrespect people. For if they're coming to you, to your assembly, a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. Now see, he's talking about the assembly. The assembly is the church. It's the local church, okay? And you have respect to him that wears the gay clothing and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor, stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Now I want you to look at that. In Christian circles, you know, maybe you treat the public well, but when you come to church, you're unkind and you don't treat people good. You know, you do things that, that are unkind when you get inside the church. And see, here's an example of people that were being warned not to be unkind to other people. And he said, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter what your status is. That is, it doesn't matter what your economic situation is. What's important is to respect people respect people and treat people with kindness and do good works toward those people. You see, we here at Redemption, for all the years that we've been here, we always try. You know, see, the Bible says the rich and the poor meet together. We do not want all poor people. On the other hand, we do not want all rich people. We want a church that exemplifies the body of Christ. So the rich and the poor meet together. People of different cultures meet together. You see, that's important. You know, I think about this church, and, and, and we've got people right now from different races, different countries that come here. We've got people from Africa, the Philippines, the Ukraine, and there's others. I can't think of them right now, but I know that there's others. We've got people that come from everywhere. And then we've got, you know, we East Tennesseans. <laughs> you see, and we're here, and we're a family, and we're to treat one another kindly and do good things for one another. And you know, shouldn't we want when we see our brother or sister, when we see them struggling in life and going through difficult times, shouldn't we take the time to show some kindness, to be gentle with people, to do some good works? You know, nothing blesses me any more than to hear when this body rises up to take care of the body. Well, and, I, and I'll, I'll just hear it, you know, as I go. Well, you know, so-and-so, they've been in the hospital, and I went and cleaned their home. And so-and-so, they're going through a divorce, and I took their children, and we went to the park. I cooked so-and-so a meal because I knew that, that things were hard for them right now. I bought toys for this family for the children for Christmas because I knew it was going to be hard for them. I bought groceries for this family because I knew that they were struggling. See, we're talking about kindness 
and goodness. See, that's an act of goodness there, doing those kinds of things. But it's a kind disposition. You know, and I'm going to tell you, kindness opens the door for goodness to flow. Now, you need to remember that. Your kindness, working and operating, functioning in the, the kindness of God, opens the door for good works to flow. It really is true. So, you know, we, we need to be kind and good to sinners, to the public, to the body of Christ, to our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And do you know that even includes Sister Sandpaper and Brother Big Mouth? You know, it does. It even includes them. We need to appreciate differences. You know, over the years, the people that I thought I couldn't really um, be around very much because they were like that sandpaper, I get to know them and understand them and I value them. You know, just because you look at, you know, the outward And you don't understand sometimes. You know, you're judging just by a quick what you see. And and you limit yourself and you limit your relationships. Because something, you know, just wonderful could be in that relationship you don't know. And then other times, it's not, you know, so you can be buds. But it's so that iron can sharpen iron. Sand you down a little bit. Get those rough edges taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Okay, and so we see that we're to show kindness toward the body of Christ and not have respect, to, uh, you know, of people. In other words, judging them when they come in, well, you know, they're not dressed too good today. Yeah, just send them up there to the top, you know. Oh, they didn't put much money in the offering today. Just push them out of the way. See, that's not God's way of doing things. That's not God's way. Now, many times Christians function that way, but that's not God's way. God's way is to uh, to, uh, respect every person regardless of where they fall and how, how much money they have or what kind of clothing they wear, what kind of education they have. You know, it doesn't matter. We're in the Lord. Amen? We're in Him. And we're to be kind. Praise God. So we don't elevate certain people in the body and then put other people down. You know, the the Bible does talk about honoring those uh, that honor is due. You know that. Esteem those highly in the Lord. So there's that aspect, and God says that's okay to do that. But when it comes to put, you know, putting one up and pushing one down, that is not the Lord. That's for sure. Amen. So we can. We can be assured when it's the Lord and when isn't. All right. Um, I want you now to turn to Ephesians 4. I can see right now I'm not going to be able to get this message done. All right. Ephesians 4. And we're going to look at verse number 32. Now we've looked at how we treat the public and sinners, and how we treat the body of Christ. Now you know what we're going to look at, how to show kindness in your family. Everybody say, kindness in my family. Now, the people that you're closest to, sometimes it's the hardest to be kind to them. 
and to show goodness. But really, the nature of God, the character of God, is there for you, even in that close setting, to be kind and good to your family. All right? Uh, let's look at Ephesians 4.32. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, remember, kindness will bring a tender uh, disposition. It really will, okay? So this ties right into it. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Now, have you, you've heard the phrase, hard-hearted. They're just hard-hearted. You can't get through. Well, see, sometimes we, as Christians, can get hard in our hearts toward our spouses, toward our children, toward our siblings, you know, whatever the case, in-laws, it can, you know, just, but God says, be kind to your family, be tender-hearted, all right? Forgiving one another. In other words, uh, you know, sometime soon I, I want to do some messages on forgiveness because I feel like it's a truth that, that we know, but we don't always live in forgiveness. It's very important. We need to forgive one another. That means let things go, drop it, and go on. Not keep holding things over one another's heads. You know, the Bible says if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven yourself. In other words, you think you're holding them? No, you're holding yourself. Because God says, I won't forgive you if you don't release them and let them go from what they did to you. And see, in a family, how many opportunities do we have to say things to one another, to do things to one another, but God said, still in the midst, you let my spirit rise up and my character and nature in your home be demonstrated instead of those harsh, hard words. I'm going to tell you something. Those words create an atmosphere in your home. And when you and I speak those kinds of things, what we do is license the devil to come in the door. Give him no toehold. Give him not one place to get his toe in the door, in the crack, to get in through those kinds of ways. Hard, harsh, cutting, hateful. Words that we say to one another to cut one another up. And the Bible says that if we're married, we're a team. And we're supposed to work together. Two is better than one. Get in agreement. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. God in the middle and a man and a woman as husband and wife. It's a powerful team. Amen? And so we don't need to treat one another ugly. We wouldn't go out somewhere else many times and do it. And you know how it is. <clears throat> you be in an argument with your spouse or your children, and you know you can just be so mad and, and anybody look at you and you know you look like your hair's on fire. You're so upset. The doorbell rings. <laughs> go to the door. Hi. And the thing we don't know is that atmosphere of strife is in the house. And they come in and it's like, ooh, what's been going on here? And your children, 
having to live in that kind of mess. It shouldn't be in the houses of God-fearing people. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to mess up and do something from time to time, but I'm telling you, when you live in an atmosphere like that and you subject your children to that, shame on you. Shame on you. You need to change that. You need to let this kindness and goodness of God be manifested in your life and show those children, well, I'm taking them to church and we're learning about Jesus, but boy, when we go back to the house, we're anything but learning about Jesus. We're learning how to be like the devil because the devil is in strife and discord all the time. Where there's strife, there's confusion, and every evil work. You keep doing it, and you keep bringing an atmosphere in there and opening it up to things that you don't want. You wish you'd never opened it up for. Now, all of us from time to time have, have been in it, but we don't live that way. We can't live that way. And if that's going on at your house, change it. How do you change it? You and your uh, spouse get on your knees before God. And you repent and ask God to help you change it and then repent to your kids for what you put them through. Mm, my, my. A Christian home ought to be a Christian home. I really believe that. And God's love should be there. Kindness, kind words, and good deeds. You know, there's one place in the scripture, and Paul talks about it. I think it's in 1 Thessalonians, and there's no way I'm going to be able to get over there. But, but you know, it talks about um, how a mother cherishes her babe, cherishes her children. And, and I want to tell you something. You think about a mother, and that mother is kind to that little baby, kind to her little ones, kind to her, her children. And because she's kind, what does she do? Good works and, and has goodness in her heart. She prepares their meals. She gets their bed ready for them, washes their clothes. See, goodness, kindness opens the door for goodness to follow. And see, God gives us an example, and he said that's the way we need to be. Just like a mother that, that takes care of her children and is kind, of, would not think about being mean and evil to her children. And, and would not think about doing um, things that were bad toward them, but does good things for them. He said, that's the way I want my people to be. Just like that mother that cherishes her child and does good things for them. That's what God wants in our life. Amen? He wants that toward our children. Amen? Now, I want us to go over to Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter number 40. And we're going to look at this. You remember earlier when I started, um, I talked about... Um, I talked about balancing and rightly dividing the Word of God and seeing God how He was. You remember, you know, we see that God through Jesus Christ came to the earth and he was kind to people. We saw that how he treated sinners and, you know, did other things and his goodness and he healed the people and cast out devils and did all those kinds of things. So goodness, God through Jesus demonstrated that goodness and kindness. All right. And so we see that and then we think, 
Well, you know, we equate kindness and goodness to weakness. I don't want you to do that because that, it, it is not that. And if we look at Isaiah 40, we'll get a good picture of the Lord. Now, Isaiah 40 and verse number 10. Behold, the Lord God will come with a weak hand. What does it say? It says he'll come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. All right, so that gives us a picture of the Lord. Isn't that true? It says he has a strong hand and he's going to rule with his arm. And so that denotes strength. That's not a weakling. That's not God and, and Jesus are not weaklings. But there's a side to God and he's showing you that. But now look at the other side. He shall feed his flock. Remember, we were talking about the mom taking, you know, the mother taking care of her child. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. A shepherd's not mean to the sheep. A shepherd tends the sheep, is good to the sheep. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and shall gently lead those that are with young. And see, gently, kindly lead his people, yet he is strong. And see, even if you read on... Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands and meted out the heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountain in scales and the hills in a balance? My goodness, what infinite wisdom God has. See, it shows you God is strong. He is not weak, but he is gentle and kind and good with his sheep. And at the same time, he has so much wisdom. Well, see, folks, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, and that's the same thing. He wants you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, but be kind and good, just like Jesus is as a shepherd to the lambs. And then walk in that wisdom and knowing how to treat people and how to deal with people in any given situation. You know, you've got, you've got to rely on that wisdom of God abiding on the inside of you. Jesus was made unto you, the Bible says, wisdom to know how to treat people and know when to say what, when to be a little stronger and when to, you know, back off, you know. And that's important to see this picture of Jesus because seeing this picture of Jesus, we can understand how we're supposed to be. You remember when Jesus went into the temple? What did he do? He, he got that whip and he ran them out of there. Well, he wasn't kind. Well, he was too. You know, that was a bunch of religious hypocrites. That's the people that God, that Jesus came down on, religious hypocrites. So we get a picture and we understand and see how to walk in this kindness and this goodness of God. Praise the Lord. So we see then this gentleness or kindness again is not weakness. Now, Matthew 12, 20 says, A bruised reed will he not break, and a smoking flax or a smoldering wick will he not quench. And that's saying, you know, that reed that's out there on the water, and, you know, you see all of them sticking up out of the water, and one of them is just leaning over, ready to fall. He said, 
Jesus, in his kindness, in his goodness, is not going to break that reed on over. He's not going to do it. He won't break that reed. And the smoldering wick that's just about ready, it's just smoldering. There's not really any light. It's just smoldering. It said he won't put it out. And see, there again, it gives you a good picture about God's kindness and his goodness. Amen? You can, again, find that in Matthew 12, 20. Now, I'm just going to say one more thing here and wrap this up. But I thought it was real interesting when I read Donald G.'s book, or the chapter that had to deal with gentleness and goodness, those chapters. And, and you see in there, he likens um, the uh, kindness with salt. You know, Matthew 5 talks about you are the salt of the earth. And, and Donald G. likens kindness to the salt. In other words, the salt is a preserver, it's a purifier, it's an antiseptic. And that salt is good. It, it's got all those benefits. But then he says, if the salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing. It doesn't have any, listen to this word, usefulness. You remember in the beginning I said kindness was usefulness? But to be trodden under your feet and just thrown out, no good. We lose our, u- our usefulness when we're not kind. Our salt is not salty to the world to preserve, to purify, and to be an antiseptic. It's not there if we're not kind. And then in that same scripture in Matthew 5, which I'm not going to turn you there, it says not only are we the salt, but we're the light. Now, the light, you know what the light is. The light shows the way. And the light is God's goodness. And that's what he compares it to. And I thought that was real interesting. I'd really never seen that before. He compares the light as God's goodness to the world. And God said that you, in a crooked and perverse, wicked generation, you are to shine as a light. And see, your good works and your goodness, God's goodness being manifested to you will be a light to the world that Jesus is alive and he is real. And he's operating and functioning in your life through the character and nature of God that abides on the inside of you. So tonight, I want us to make a decision that we're going to allow the fruit of kindness to be developed in our life and the fruit of goodness to be developed in our life. Look, and I want you to do this, okay? I want you to think of ways... I don't want you to just do it tomorrow or a week. I want you to do this constantly. Look for ways with your words and your attitude to be kind to people. And then look for ways to be good to people and do acts of kindness, works of kindness. You know, it may be... You know, Jesus said, you know, if you give somebody water, you know, you, you've done that into, unto me. Well, give somebody some water. Do something. Be good to people. 
let them know Jesus through your life. You be the salt in the earth. You be the light in the earth. Instead of putting people's light out, you know, and causing rot and decay, be salt and be light. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.